0: What if it's a long trip? We begin our summer sermon series entitled just that. In fact, each week as you're uh, waiting for the, the service to begin just before 11, you'll, you'll see the slide will have a, a different image that helps capture some of that same theme, what if it's a long trip? Um, and and that, that title, that sermon series title comes from Maggie Seaman, some of you may remember, during the children's moment on March 22nd, when David Lee was leading that children's moment and finishing up his talk, Maggie Seaman had this lingering question in, in her mind, in her heart Well, what if it's a long trip? How do you pack for that? How do you prepare for that? How do you navigate that? And that really has seemed to be one of the most pressing and important questions for us to consider. In these recent months and, and certainly these past couple weeks have made that question feel all the more acute. What if it is a long trip? And so each week uh, during this sermon series, we'll be looking at different scriptures uh, where we look at what it is to equip ourselves for the long road of obedience, the, the long road God has before us. We'll look at different times in scripture where folks were on a long journey of some sort or another and what it was for them to navigate that and what, what the implications are than for us, we begin today uh, first with our reading about the anointing of uh, King David, and now uh, from the New Testament, First Corinthians chapter twelve, verses twelve to twenty-seven. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth, which had begun, had been planted, and begun to feel something of the long haul as they were living into what it means to be a church. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose it. If all were a singular member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O oh, gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One Saturday last May, I attempted to help Leo jump off of one of our kitchen table chairs. Now, this may not be the best parenting idea to encourage, but I I, I let my hand go out so he could hold it and help him jump off the chair, and just as he was to make his launch, he hesitated, and the chair slipped from underneath him, and, and somehow or another, the chair and Leo came crashing upon me, or more precisely, one leg of the chair, accompanied by the body weight of all of Leo falling, fell directly onto the big toe on my right foot. I was in excruciating pain. I could barely stand, I could barely walk. At the same time, I knew the very next day I was supposed to go on a trip to upstate New York with two of my very best friends from high school. We hadn't had time together since high school. It was a big reunion over, the, over a year in the making. It was uh, meant to have a lot of hiking and general act- act- outdoor activity involved. I could not miss the trip. So, I took a lot of Advil and I pushed through. I tried to hike as if there were no issues, but it meant putting far more weight on my my left leg as I tried to avoid anything falling too much onto that that right toe, and and when the right foot did, of course, land, I worked very hard to land far more on the, the pinky toe side of things than the big toe side of things, which started to stress out my ankle. I soon found my calves and hamstrings were getting noticeably tighter as they were recruiting more leg muscles to do more stabilization. Eventually, I started to notice that even my upper back was really starting to ache as it was feeling all the compensation that the lower body was doing to avoid any weight on the big toe. How often it is only when a part of the body is in pain That we're brought back to this visceral awareness that we are in fact a singular body of many interconnected, interdependent parts. For just as the body is one and has many members and all the members are of the body... Though many are one body, so it is with Christ. There are some in the body of the church in Corinth who believe, at some level, they're really not part of the body, part of the church. Their gifts, their station in life in the highly stratified Greco Roman society, they just have less to offer. They're not as critical or instrumental or needful as other parts. And so they don't see themselves so much as a part of the whole and don't have as much reason to be all. That connected, and and perhaps one might expect Paul to to gently encourage the congregation and say, No, no, oh, but you all have gifts. All of us have gifts. All all of us belong and are needed. But Paul's tact is is rather kind of blunt. Um, If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body... That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear would say, look, because I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Essentially, Paul's saying, look, if if you're a body, you you just can't stop being a body. You can be a poorly functioning body. You can be a self-defeating body. But you most definitely can't stop being a body. Paul's reasoning for this is baptism. For in the one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jew or Greek, slave or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. For Paul, baptism is the radical gift that brings people of every ethnicity and station of life together in oneness. Baptism means by grace you belong to Jesus. And if you belong to Jesus, you belong to one another. And I think Paul doesn't mince words on this point because he wants because he's pushing the church to feel this kind of truth. Because, again, sometimes it isn't until there is some kind of felt pain or pressure upon the body that it realizes, again, that it is connected to and, and, and relies upon every other part of the body. The strange irony of this pandemic with the pain of isolation and loneliness, the feelings of being overwhelmed and anxious and the financial worries, all of these various pains have awoken us to the fact that even though we are at a distance from one another, we are very much connected. We very much need one another. We, in fact, are a gift to one another. We are a body by the grace of Jesus Christ. The painful, tragic irony of Ahmad Aubrey And Breonna Taylor and George Floyd's deaths in these recent weeks has been that the body of Jesus Christ in all of its varied denominational and racial expressions has felt deeply again that that we are, in fact, a body. The acute pain in any one part of the church is a pain carried by all parts of the church. How does Paul put it at the very end of our passage? If one member suffers, all suffer with it. One member is honored, all rejoice together with it. We are inextricably and wonderfully and unavoidably bound to one another. And we urgently need to know the fullness of this particular gift. I remember one day a few years back, walking directly under uh, the Robert E. Lee Monument in Richmond, Virginia. I was serving a Presbyterian church whose building is located no more than 50 yards from that particular monument. And and also out walking is, is Reverend Dr. David Wright, this longtime minister of the historically black church located just around the corner from the one i i served and and we say hello we introduce ourselves we begin chatting he mentions you know in his, his 30 years of ministry at, at his particular church he's, he's never been in the building of the, of the church i serve so i say at one point why why don't you come on into our church and the sanctuary and just take a look so we walk in and he goes oh pastor bobby pastor bobby as he's taking it all in This is a magnificent space. And the Spirit is telling me that in this magnificent space of prayer, we need to pray. We need to pray. Can can I pray for you and for your church? Yes. Have you ever been bathed in a prayer, dripping with generous, Spirit-saturated blessings. That prayer of his spoken from his God-given gift for prayer, that held me for a good long while. Thanks be to God we are a body, each with vital gifts to offer and receive from one another. More, the radical truth is, is that we actually need one another's We can't say, I have no need of you. We actually need one another's gifts across generational lines, across theological lines, across political lines, most assuredly across racial lines, all of which typically divide in the greater society. At best, we limp along until we know this truth, which begs the question, well then, very practically, how do we go about uh, giving and receiving more fully the gift of this diverse body that that by grace we have in Jesus Christ. I mean, I think we have some ideas on how we as individuals grow in our faith, a prayer, individual Bible study, serving, advocating, all, all good and essential, but Paul's vision always has been for a people who grow together. And so what is it to walk forward with a growing sense of interdependence across all of the lines that might typically or usually divide our society as they certainly did in Paul's day as well? So very much can be said here, but I think we can hone in on at least one practical posture Paul provides us for moving forward and growing together as a body, and it has to do with laying down. And just after my trip to New York, I ended up at the doctor's office with this swollen toe. The pain had become absolutely unbearable. Turns out it was not broken, but it was significantly swollen from days of walking on it and acting like nothing was going on. And the doctor said this, you, you need to lay back down on a couch, elevate your right leg up and let it sit elevated across the top back of the couch so that the swelling can go down. Okay, I said, How long should I do that? How long should I lay on my back with my right leg elevated so that the swelling can go down? I assume maybe a few minutes every morning, a few minutes in the evening. And she goes, a few days. And I said, like like all day for a few days? As many hours consecutively as you can do each day for a few days. It is really quite swollen. And so for almost a week I spent most of the hours of the day on my back with my right foot elevated. I read a lot, I watched some films, I apologized regularly and profusely to Michelle because I was almost no help around the house or with Leo. And while that kind of week may sound wonderful to some of you, I assure you it is a trying way to situate oneself for the long haul. And yet that really is a central posture that Paul invites for how the church lives into the gift of radical unity that we share in Jesus Christ. In the first century Greco-Roman world, society was highly stratified according to wealth and power. Education, social standing. The body metaphor was employed frequently in the society to remind lower class people to stay in their place. They were lower parts. The emperor was the head, the eyes, the nobility. How profound that Paul would declare to the church who's drawn from all these different levels. The members that seem to be weaker, according to society, are indispensable, verse 22. Verse 23, And those members of the body that we, our greater society, thinks less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. We, the church. And our less respectable members, those deemed less respectable by society, are treated in the church with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members of the church do not need this. They're already respected in the greater society. The point being, those who society see as weaker Paul says, indispensable. Cannot do without them. Those who society sees or treats as as less honorable, raise them unto even greater honor. Those who society treats with less respect, raise them into even greater respect in the church. Far before nations and people groups spoke of equality, the church has long believed in a radical vision of equality. And the way the church goes about living into that is by seeing clearly the hierarchies and inequalities in the society at large and then doing our part to address those as a church. And for Paul, simply declaring that, that all parts are now equal in baptism. That alone does not suffice. He calls the church to lean into this radical equality by raising up to greater honor and greater respect those that society says or treats otherwise. I mean, part of why we, the predominantly white church, are working hard to listen to our black sisters and brothers right now. I know a good number of you are, are, have taken up the Learning Toward Juneteenth challenge Part of why many of us are slowing down and maybe reading articles or taking time to digest a book by an author we might normally not have chosen. Part of the reason we're opening ourselves to sermons and theological writings by some of our black and brown sisters and brothers. Part of the reason many from all parts of the church... Are marching and protesting alongside our our black sisters and brothers. uh, Part of all this is we recognize that, that in ways purposeful and ways unconscious, in ways individual and ways structural, our society has overlooked or neglected or treated unjustly black people as compared to white people. We seek then to humble ourselves and elevate their personhood and their voice, their honor and their. Gifts. Of course, we, we can readily think of other ways the church lives into this most radical call in all seasons of every generations as we consider the, the many visible and invisible hierarchies of our society. One may also think of age as those who are older can too easily be forgotten or dismissed in our society, whether purposely or unconsciously. Or those who are younger can too often be recipients of, of eye rolls and dismissiveness. What what does it look like for us to to lay back and humble ourselves and that their honor and their respect might be raised in the church? Or ability. Too often those with with physical or cognitive disabilities can be easily forgotten or or overlooked or, or deemed less in society. The members of the body that seem in society to be weaker are indispensable. In what ways do we not just accommodate for differing abilities, but we we raise up with honor and respect those society might deem otherwise? We could go on, but suffice it to say the posture Paul calls unto the church, specifically the part of the church that does know some measure of respect and honor and recognition in the world, The posture Paul calls forth is one where we humbly lay down our lives and raise up the parts of the body that are neglected or overlooked, dishonored or perhaps even aching. What does that posture look like for us today? To be sure, this is not a laying down of our gifts. The whole body is always needed. But it's knowing our gifts and offering our gifts in a unique humility that empowers the neglected or dishonored or aching parts. And if we ask, as I did the doctor, well, how, much, how, how long must this be our position? What, what if this is a long trip? The truth is, this is the entire road. The whole Christian journey is a laying ourselves down for the sake of others being raised up and only then finding ourselves raised as well this is the cross posture way of following Jesus in this trying and difficult season before us may we not try and numb the pain and limp through as if nothing is happening anywhere else in this body of ours There are parts of the body of Jesus Christ which are throbbing and hurting, looked upon as less honorable or less respected or outright persecuted. But take heart, when I finally took up the Pauline posture of elevating the overlooked and aching part, a healing was known not just in my throbbing tone, but in fact, throughout my whole body, which had been for so long trying to compensate I'm mindful that so many of us are tired in these recent days for any number of reasons, but what if the antidote to exhaustion is not merely rest, as important as that is, but, but, but living more fully into this Pauline posture for living as a whole body, and so discovering truly that the healing of one part of the body is, is a healing unto the whole. It is, of course, I know, a very unnatural posture to maintain over the long haul. It's no wonder, then, that immediately following this chapter on the body of Jesus Christ and this radical call of living as a body, Paul moves directly into that famous 1 Corinthians 13 chapter. Paul knows this particular posture requires a profound amount of God's love. And so I invite us to then open our hearts and receive these well-known words from 1 Corinthians 13 once more. May they empower the church of Jesus Christ for the long road ahead. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not, not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. May we know the love of Jesus Christ poured out upon the body of Jesus Christ. Amen.